Levo to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Levo just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 10-1-9-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-
it's pretty humbling to be on the other end of this screen. You know, I'm going to get into to my guest here shortly, but you know, I'm five years older than him, but have followed him very closely, having you know been from the same area. But before we get going, I want to give a special shout out, as I'm sure we will again in the episode, to my good buddy Carson Grant out there at Comax Valley Dodge on Vancouver Island. Without him, this would not be taking place. So Carson, I love you. You're the guy. You supported me even in my darkest times, man. And uh, I will never, ever forget it. That's for you, Carson. And uh, yeah, man, honestly, just I'll never forget. And we'll get into that. Uh, but as you guys know, everything that I do these days is in memory of all those that we've lost to things like suicide and overdose. And every episode, I honor one of those individuals on the wall behind me. It's continually growing. You know, there's my former coach on there, my former teammate and line mate from the WHL, Mitch Fadden. All of our puck support stuff has an in memory of one of them, either in the hats or in the shirts. And this is what gets me out of bed every single morning because I know that I could very easily be in this picture. I should be in this picture. And I question it every day. Why me? Why am I still alive? And I believe I'm here because I can make just a small difference in the hockey community. And so tonight, we remember Greg Johnson, former captain of the Nashville Predators uh, from 2001 to 2006. He played over 700 games in the NHL. And uh, tragically, in 2019, he took his own life. Originally from Thunder Bay, he was a second-round draft pick in 1989, 33rd overall, had a very long NHL career. And from everything that I've read and people that I've talked to is just was just an incredible human being, a leader on and off the ice. And, you know, I just want to send our deepest condolences to the entire Johnson family, including his brother, Ryan, who's also a former professional hockey player, but he'll never be forgotten here at puck support. And we're thinking of the entire Johnson family and all of his family and friends and past teammates He's up here now and will forever be on the wall behind me. So we're going to get into one sponsor and we'll be right back with Ryan Johansson. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise, owner of Team Issued, my former Kelowna Rocket teammate, and he was my second ever guest over a year ago. And, you know, Jess, uh, I love you for that, man. Check out Team Issued at Team Issued on Instagram, promo code TOEDRAG15, because that was my only move and still is, but it's nowhere near as good as it used to be. Not that it was ever that good. Anyways, we'll see you guys in a few minutes. Well, tonight I'm very excited to get this episode going for a couple of reasons. The first undoubtedly being that an NHL superstar is coming on the show, but more importantly to me, it's a guy that grew up in essentially the same area that I did. Ryan Johansson was originally born in Vancouver, British Columbia on July 31st, 1992. 
You started playing the first couple of years in the Vancouver Thunderbird Minor Hockey Association before his family picked up and moved to Port Moody, British Columbia, just minutes away from my hometown, Port Coquitlam. In 2007, Joey was drafted in the seventh round, 150th overall by the Portland Winterhawks of the Western Hockey League. Ryan actually got his start with the Penticton V's of the BC Hockey League, and the following year, at age 17, he made the jump to the dub, suiting up for the Winterhawks, where he amassed 25 goals and 44 assists for 69 points as a 17-year-old. That incredible season would solidify Ryan as one of the NHL's top prospects. And a few months later, after the season ended, he was selected in the first round fourth overall by the NHL's Columbus Blue Jackets. He would spend one more year of junior suiting up for Portland, amassing a whopping 92 points, which included 40 goals. He was undoubtedly named to the WHL's first team All-Stars. He also led all WHL skaters with 28 points in the playoffs. And that same season, he appeared for Team Canada playing for the World Juniors, where he helped them capture a silver medal, where he was also named to the World Junior Championship All-Star team. The following season, Ryan broke into the NHL, appearing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Ryan would spend parts of five seasons with the Blue Jackets, where he would also appear in the NHL All-Star Game during the 2014-15 season. And at the conclusion of the All-Star Game, Johansson walked away with MVP honors. Halfway through the 2015-16 season, Ryan Johansson was involved in a blockbuster trade that saw Seth Jones move to Columbus for Ryan going back the other way to Nashville. Since then, Ryan's been a mainstay in Nashville, and for the past four seasons, he's worn an A on his jersey. A couple months back, I got a video message from Ryan, and it's something that I'll never forget. It was words of encouragement for my podcast, for puck support, basically just my recovery journey as a whole, and it meant so much to me. I know my good friend Carson Grant had a big part in it, and for that, Carse, I will always be grateful. But I still know that Ryan didn't have to do that. He took time out of his busy schedule, and just like I said, something that I'll never, ever forget. Away from the ice, Ryan Johansson is a first-class guy doing tons in the community, and he's also one of the founders of Journey Risk True. JRT is a lifestyle brand, and it was brought to life to connect the ideals of what ambitious people strive to be, a selfless individual that obtains an impactful purpose. That's something that I think we can all wrap our heads around. Well, I'm not going to take any more time introducing him, even though I could go on and on with all of his accolades. So without further ado, guys, let's bring him in. Coming at us from Nashville, Tennessee, number 92, Ryan Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on buddy how are you brady thanks for having me man you've heard this one a few times eh i need to hear it more i need to find a way to get that song going some more it's yeah that's crazy. a natural goal song well man i i have full confidence that that you and your team can can definitely start to find the back of the net more but man what a what a career you've had man i feel like listen before we go anywhere like I'm five years older than you, and I remember hearing about you, like, kind of probably when you were 16. I think you may have played for Mike Hangan in Penticton or just after he was there. Assistant coach might have been just – you were there just before. But when you broke into the dub and it was just like 
here's this kid who was a seventh rounder who was a defenseman but was a forward and <laughs> seventh round late pick then you go into the whl and you just tear it up man and the next thing you know you're drafted fourth overall like it's incredible man it's crazy man look looking back it's like you got so lucky with a couple opportunities and took advantage of it and then somehow now i'm sitting here in nashville tennessee just finished my 10th year in the nhl and it's like you're so grateful and you're so you're so lucky to have this opportunity to play in the league and it, it's just amazing how fast it flies by though and it still feels like those penticton and port moody days growing up were, were yesterday so it's uh, it's been a wild ride and it's, it's been a lot of fun well, I guess so, man. But, you know, I say, you know, I think there's in any journey in life, whether it be hockey or anything, I think there's always a little bit of luck being in the right situation. But it doesn't matter what situation you're in. If you're getting drafted fourth overall, I think luck kind of goes <laughs> out the window at some point. It's You can't just be lucky and be drafted fourth overall. But I, to me, man, I, I love that story for a couple of reasons in one you know, the first off being that, you know, you're a seventh round pick, you still get drafted to get drafted to the WHL is a, is a huge feat. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, that's an accomplishment in itself mm -hmm. to go from a seventh round Bantam draft pick to, you know, very shortly thereafter being on top of the hockey world as one of the top NHL prospects in the world. I mean, that's a pretty big jump, man. And so my question for you, and the, I'm sorry, the other part that I like about it is because I trained with Andrew Ladd growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, he never got drafted into the dub and same sort of thing, though. And then I think he was, if I'm correct, Sam corrected, he was fourth overall as well, too, after kind of pushing through and just having a breakout year in the dub. But mm -hmm. the question for you, Ryan, is like, when did you really start to like believe that hey, you know, like I have some ability here and I can actually play in the NHL. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell a quick, cool story, actually, kind of how the year it started, you know, I started to believe that I could, I could be a, a player. I could make the NHL kind of thing. I was 16 years old playing junior ho hockey in Penticton and, and I was scratched like every game it felt like. And I was on the fourth line if I was in the lineup playing like one or two shifts a game. And I did that for like six months. Yeah, I was super pumped to move away from home, play hockey, do what I love. But it was like, got to a point where I'm like, okay, like maybe I should like get a job or go to school and focus on a career. Like this isn't going anywhere. And I, I called my dad. We were playing in Vernon. And I'm like, dad, like. I was basically in tears and I'm like, it's been six months of me playing max five or six shifts in a game. Like I don't have a goal this year. I got nothing. And I'm my like, dad fat enough. Uh, I won't, can you come pick me up? Can you drive up and pick me up? I, I quit. And he was just like, I was so lucky to have my parents and just the support that he was just like, Ryan, he's like, I need you to believe in me in this one. Like I need you to, you need to keep going. And I was like, no, Dad, like, I, I've kept going for six months straight here, traveling around on a bus, carrying all the vet stuff around every day, yeah. like, not yeah. playing a game, not playing in games. And I, at one point, the, our coach had me videoing our games, and he would break down our team's games. So I'd be <laughs> in the stands in my suit, and fans would be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just videoing the game for coach. And and I was like, Dad, I'm, I'm done. Like, I this i'm not having fun i'm not enjoying what i'm doing like i'm done i quit and he's like ryan he's like i need you to trust me on this one like i need you to believe in me like I need you to keep going 
And that went on. And long story short, I was just like, all right, Dad, I, I trust you. I'll keep going. And our best player got injured. And boom, I was thrown into the top six because he was one of our best players. And they needed a guy who had a little more skill than to fill in that role. And, and I just took off. Had a great, and that happened with like seven games left in the season. Had a great finish, had a great playoffs. And then Portland had new ownership and coaches come in and they recruited me. And I remember I got put on the fourth, I was in like the fourth or fifth round, the first like draft ranking they do at the start of the Western Hockey League season. And my dad and I are jumping up and down like, holy cow, like it's possible to get drafted to the NHL. And then, you know, I go through that year and I just like, I'm just like, Every game, I'm like, this is my chance, opportunity to make the NHL, and I just took advantage of it. And obviously, like we said, lots of luck with it came with it, and had some great teammates that uh, we helped each other out. And and uh, boom, then one year, one year from trying to quit hockey, I was drafted fourth overall in the NHL. Wow, that's it's crazy. Could, have you ever take like seriously reflected back and been like, what if I? What if I quit? Like, what if I actually walked away and didn't oh. and didn't fulfill what your life would be like? Well, if it weren't for my dad, I would have. Yeah. If because it weren't for my dad saying, "Ryan, I need you to believe in me, and you need to trust me. You got to keep going." I'm. You. He's like, you love this game too much to quit. And I was like, all right, dad. Like I was like, dad, come on. And he was like, trust me. I just need you to trust me, buddy. And then so now we. I look back and. He retired a couple years ago, and I told that story at his retirement party, and everyone, and there were a ton of families, local in Port Moody, that were there, and all the kids were just like, "What? Like I thought he just scored goals and just made it to the NHL like it was no problem." And I'm like, "No, it was, I I was done." And you know, my father here, he's like, he uh, he was just there and with the most support ever, and and uh, now look, looking back, like you said, it's just crazy looking back and thinking about those times isn't it funny when you're that age you know you're 16 i guess at the time and we think we know everything and mm -hmm. you know I, I i know i sure did and yeah i i did i ended up quitting the western hockey league on a couple occasions to be honest and my dad gave me the same speech but i wasn't having any of it i was like no this is you know this is and it was ultimately one of the worst decisions that I ever made in my life. It just put me on this down. I kind of was able to climb back and get back with Kelowna and play all right. But it was, it was just a bad decision. I just think that, you know, people, I know there's a couple um, young, young kids listening, kids that I kind of mentor and stuff that I know they're, they're watching. And, you know, it just goes back to show, you know, listen to your parents, you know, they do know, they do know, like it just, that's a, that's such a fascinating story. But from there, you go and you almost you're one point shy of 70 points your rookie year in the dub so what what changed was it that did you instantly get playing time when you went to portland did you have to work for it and and my other question to that is when you did see the initial draft rankings did that inspire you to want to play even more like having seen that and and being like wow someone might actually draft me like i want to go to the rink i want like i got this now you know yeah, you you know what we had the, we had such a good team, young team down there in Portland. We had this inner competition every day. Like my line mate was Nino Niederreiter, came from Switzerland, yeah. and this kid was like ranked top ten at the start of the year in the draft. And I'm like skating with him, and I'm like every day I'm like I want to be better than him. And he would do yeah. the same thing, right? 
and you so every day you're pushing each other and we had so many great young prospects it's like and we had said mike johnson ex-nhl coach and all like we, we had such good coaching travis green coach of the canucks now like it's like we had all these great people around us to just push that competitiveness every day to be the best we could be young kids and and it was just like as I was going along that year, I'm like, I'm, I'm better than these guys. I'm like, yeah. I'm better than these guys. And then, you know, I just was so motivated because I came with no expectations. No one really expected much of me. And I was like, there's no way I'm letting this opportunity slide. And, and uh, you know, I just worked my butt off and, and made it happen. And it's been, a, it's been a fun ride and a lot of great memories. How much um... – how much do you attribute you like your improvement to off ice training? Like how much like better did you think, do you think you really got how much stronger or do you think that it comes down to more like being in that mental mindset when you get to a certain point? I mean, yes, you're always going to get stronger. You can develop your skills, but do you think that having that mindset of like starting to believe that, Hey, I'm better than these guys. Hey, I'm going to go after it. Do you think that maybe attributed to it more? Or did you start to work out more? Like what did that look like for you? Yeah, I, I was always that kid. I know the cliche thing, like you do more than the guy next to you. Like, you know, you got to find ways to have an advantage on everyone. And I just nonstop hockey. It was all, all my life. Like if I didn't play hockey, I don't know what I'd be doing. And, <laughs> and my friends asked me that all the time. Like, what would you have done? And I was just like, there was no other option. Yeah. That, that's just what I was going to do. And if it didn't work out, who, who knows? But, um, you know, I yeah, it's just – did it did everything i could everything i could working out i had great height but i was always like skating around like a baby moose like when i was 16 and then 17 i started getting a little bit of weight and then first year in the nhl that summer i gained 20 pounds and my body just started growing into a young man and yeah and uh so that takes time and whatnot i was a bit of a late bloomer for just weight wise but and then now, now I'm trying to keep the weight off. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, right? You're, how old are you now? You're 28 or 20? Oh, I guess you'll be 29, right? 29 or, on the 31st. Yeah, on the 31st. Up. Yeah, it's almost your birthday. You're you're a Leo like me as well. So happy early birthday to you. But <laughs> um, what about what about breaking into the NHL? Because you had one more, you know, one more year of of junior after that, where you absolutely ripped it up. You had 92 points, which is your number. Kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah. 92 points. Absolutely just dominated the league like 40 goals no big deal and you know so after that season were you thinking like hey you know I'm, I'm gonna make the jump because you know you made it as a 19 year old it's pretty yeah. pretty young man like that's yeah. not too many guys will do play 18 19 especially 10 years ago not nearly as many as now yeah no it, it was yeah I look, I look back and and uh I I still had a lot to learn I had a lot to you know, I was still immature and I needed a lot of growing just as a, as a professional. Yeah. I knew I had the skill. I knew I could go out there and do all those things, but I needed to mature as a person and as a professional. And, and that took a little while for me, actually. I, you know, I was a stubborn kid, just thought I could go out there and do whatever I wanted. And, and on a, on a team that really struggled early on too in Columbus, we, we, we stunk. And, and so I was on the fourth line again and, bouncing around all over the lineup and whatnot and and so it was it was a tough for first few years for me trying to trying to grow as a professional and 
and then you know got surrounded with some good leadership we brought in nick felino and guys like that and and then uh, you know i felt like my game really took off once i understood the professional and mature side of of being a pro athlete and and you know now being an older guy that's some you know you're always you know you take advantage of and grabbing the young kids and showing yeah. them how you know the right the right way to go about business and and about the game and and um but it definitely took me a little bit to to really figure things out yeah that's you know it's a good point this is something that comes up quite a bit on this show when i talk to to guys who have played and uh, i always ask them you know what what was that transition like becoming a professional because it's one thing to be you know you know considered professional and junior but it's a whole nother level when you get to the nhl is like that adjustment adjustment period. like do you think there's anything that we can do say at the junior level or even maybe a little bit younger to start doing a better job preparing for that for some of these kids whether it be even just the fact of moving away from home whether it be in junior or at 19 you're all of a sudden living on your own or i don't know if you lived with an older guy or, or what that looked like but that's a lot to throw on a young kid man you know i don't yeah it's that's a great it's a great question and you know i think we're kind of answering it like I don't think there is any real answer and real way to go about it because you got to be a kid. You got to be. You got to just have fun and you got to. You got to learn things on your own and mature on your own and and uh, you know we didn't have great leadership in Columbus when I got there and as soon as I started getting surrounded with good leaders it was just like you know that was so you just need the right people around you and good role models and and you know, find ways, find people and, you know, that just create habits every day of doing the right things over and over. And then that's, and then that's where the culture comes in and your character and all that stuff. But, you know, for me, it's just the habits because you all, as a team, you all watch each other every single day you're around each other every single day. You know, what, what are his habits? What are Joe's habits? Like, is he in a little bit earlier doing a little bit of this, doing a little more of this? And it's, what's he doing to make me better? What am I doing to make my teammates better? Yeah. And collectively, if you're all doing that, you know, the sky's the limit. And, and I've been around some tremendous leaders in Nashville with Pex who just retired and Fisher yeah. and Weber and now Yossi. And, and that's all those guys do. It's just the habits, the right things over and over again. And it's, and then you're just set up for success and you get, you gain that confidence in knowing you do all the right things that the sky's the limit and you just, now you can just go out there and play and have fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, it's a great point. It's something that I had never really thought of is, you know, maybe a team not having that, the great leadership. You just kind of assume as, as a player that maybe never made it or as fans that, okay, well, professional is professional, but there sometimes is a different level between when you have somebody who's just a great leader, you know, and we've, we've heard about these guys over time. Like, I don't know if you've seen them, the, uh, michael jordan documentary series but man that guy was on like a whole nother level and you know i would encourage if i think most people have seen it but if i'm a coach or somebody that wants to teach a kid it's like watch what he does watch yeah. how he acts this is this is how you become great you have to have the skill set but there's a certain mindset and and qualities to leadership so it's since it's, it's just interesting to me to hear that but you know who who would you attribute to early in your career to like really helping you find your way through that <laughs> yeah, the name that instantly comes to my head uh, was Nick Foligno. It, yeah, and I really didn't have much around me in Columbus, and 
And, uh, you know, that's, it was just, wasn't run the right way by the older guys. And it was a lot of guys on trying to figure out their own careers and paths and stuff too. And we just had a crappy team and, yeah, and, and Nick Foligno for me was, he got me over the, the maturity hump, I guess, where I was able to, you know, take my professionalism as an athlete and as a teammate to another level. And, and it wasn't just about going out there and toe dragging and scoring a goal. It was, you know, all the, all the little things that go into a game and helping your team win. And, and, uh, and then, you know, I've, I've brought that here to Nashville. I've had the honor of wearing, of being a leader and wearing an A here and, and, um, and helping all our young kids. I, every, every young kid that comes to our team, I make sure he can stay at my house or if he wants to live with me for the year and, and do all that. And you just, and now we have such a good culture. Yeah. We haven't done, we haven't been too successful these last few years, but we make the playoffs every year. We've had a couple great years of Stanley cup final run president's trophy, some division titles. And, you know, you just, you're setting yourself up for success and you just yeah. keep that culture going and, and, uh, and you just keep trying to find a way. Yeah. You guys did, you had that great run and it's just unfortunate you were injured. I know it was yeah. much, it must have been tough for you and and tough for the team because they certainly could have used you out there, right? But um, still pretty cool to be a part of. And you guys have had you guys have had quite a bit of success. Not quite the Stanley Cup yet, but it's uh, it's definitely been a winning team over the past number of years. What's life like in Nashville? Like I've never been there. I heard it's incredible. Like, do you just love it there or what? Well, I'd love to have you down first of all. Once uh, once we get these borders all figured out and everything a little more smooth, we'll. Uh... So would seriously love to have you down to Nashville for a couple games, take you out for some restaurants and whatnot. And it's tremendous. The energy in this city is, is just unbelievable. It was, like I was, I had a 4th of July gathering at my house and Kenny Chesney showed up like stuff like that. Like musicians are just all over the place here. Wow. <laughs> it's just crazy. And that's um, it's well, I'm really spoiled and grateful <laughs> to play here. It's, it's, you wouldn't believe the hockey town it, it's become and really has been for a long time, but the, the fans are so passionate here and it's, uh, I'm happy while, while we're doing this, I think it's swooped up by the Kraken right now. So it's all good. I'm glad, you, I'm, glad you brought, I'm glad you brought it up, even though we've discussed <laughs> this already earlier through text and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think it's official that, you know, Nashville's made their pick now. But, um, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I just uh, we might as well bring it up because I actually messaged you. I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, yeah. this was terrible. This was terrible timing. Maybe yeah. he's not going to want to do it. And I was like, man, don't even worry about it. You're like, no, no, we're good. And I was like, wow. You know, so tell me, you know, if you don't mind, tell me what that was like when you first, you know, heard that you might be moved. Like that's, that's the business of hockey. And then going back to that as well, it's like, how, how was it when you got dealt from Columbus to Nashville? Like, what does that look like when you're in a trade being talked about possibly being moved when you've been somewhere for, you know, you four years now, six years in Nashville? Like, what does that feel like? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, I think we lost you. It's crazy. It's crazy. Just, you know, with this cracking thing, it's, I, you're on the unprotected list and you're like, okay. And like, there's a real possibility you could be on a flight to Seattle and tomorrow, you know? And it's like, all right, well, you know what? You just, you just gotta be the best person you can be, you know? Like, yeah, you know, you just gotta do what you do and, 
you know, whoever wants to believe in you and give you a chance and, and all that. And that was the same thing with Nashville bringing me in. They had no high end, really center depth and, and uh, they took a chance giving away, I, I think one of the best fence in the league, Seth to Columbus and bringing me in. And for me, it was like, all right, like I, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to take this team to the next level. And, and I was really proud of myself and the way I've played over the, over those three, first three years where we were having a ton of success and gave ourselves a good chance to win the Stanley Cup. And and um, now it's just about continuing to find ways to, you know, uh, you know, make those people proud that traded for you and believed in you. And, and it's it's on me the, to, you know, um, put all the ego aside and put in all the work and all all those habits that we were just talking about and continue to do the right things every day to be a good leader on this team and, and a great teammate and, and uh, you know, help, help bring success to this organization. Yeah, man. It's uh it's a job though, isn't it? Like, you know, I just, I think sometimes people get lost in the fact that you, you know, as an NHL hockey player, it's like, it's like being a rock star in a sense. And it's like, well, we're all cut from the same cloth. There's still things that go on that are out of our control or out of your control. And yeah. you still have a job to do regardless. You're going back to talking about being a professional and what that entails. It's not just your on ice play. In fact, it's probably even more so off the yeah. ice, how you conduct yourself. And yeah, um, yeah it's, yeah. you it's know a- what though? I want to add something to that where I thought it was really cool. So two summers ago, I was golfing with Brett Hall and we're hanging out after the round. Who? Was- Who? Who? Brad Hall. Ever I'm, just, heard of him? I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. So we're uh, so we're after a golf round. We're just talking hockey, and I was like, "All right, dude, I gotta, I gotta head home. I gotta, I gotta go to work in the morning." He's like, "Work." He's like, "You play hockey, like it's not work. Just go have fun. Like that's all you got to do is have fun." And I was like. It took me back kind of because I was like, you know, I'm just goofing around. But it's it's like that mindset. Like, if you look at it as work, it's like you're not really going to enjoy it as much. Like, yeah. if you're just like, hey, I'm going to go have fun tomorrow at the rink. It's like, and that was Hully. All he did was have fun every day. He just loved what he did. He loved shooting the puck. And and now he, he's a Hall of Famer and Stanley Cup champion. And we all know that. And um, But I, I was like, wow, that's it's just such a little mentality thing, but it's yeah. like, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to say, Hey, I'm going to the office today. Or I'm, I'm going to go to work today. It's like, no, I'm going to have fun today. I'm just yeah. going to go play hockey today and have fun. And I was like, you know, it's just those little things where I, I thought it was cool. No kidding. I like that. I like that as well. And you know, I've heard it, I've heard it in like a different sense, but the way that he put that to you, it's like, man, you play hockey. Yeah. All you got to do is just go have fun. And, yeah. and, you know, from my experience, and I'm sure you'll say the same thing. Most, most players, when we're having fun, that's when your most success yeah. comes, right? That's when you're more confident yeah. to shoot the puck and, you know, you want the puck on your stick. Like, it's like, let's do this. And when you're thinking, man, this is a grind, this is whatever. It's like, can we just get through this? You're just trying, at least for me, it was like, I was trying to get through the, this game. Like, oh, I just want this to be over. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you know, I've been removed from hockey for years and it's like, man, I would do anything to go back and just yeah. hang with the boys and, yeah. and 
it be part of that again and to enjoy it more right so i i love what you said there and i think that's great advice for for anybody at any level you know hockey because why do we all start to play at the beginning because it's fun we love it it's an escape like it's just oh man yeah that's great advice and pretty cool that you got to golf with brad hall i mean i'm sure the <laughs> I'm sure you've, you know, hung out with all sorts of, you know, unbelievable hockey players and musicians, especially being in Nashville. You ever come across the Hunter brothers down there at all? You ever heard of them? No, I have not. No, they're from Canada. They're a Canadian country band. They're kind of more yeah. up and coming. They were nominated from a, for a Juno, but all five of them are hockey players. In fact, three of them played in the dub. And really, yeah, I think one or two played in the American League. One was my captain for the Swift Current Broncos for like two years. And uh, yeah, but they're kind of up and coming. They were nominated for a Juno, but I know they're down there all the time. Really? Kind I'm going to have to check them out. That's cool. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send you a couple of their songs. They're pretty good, actually. Um, but unbelievable people. And Luke, Luke uh, the middle one, middle son he's been on the show before as well so okay. but i just yeah, I was just, love the show yeah. Awesome. um what was i going to ask you too actually while we're while we're doing this um you know i think carson's watching hey there, cars there's the <laughs> fellas love you both shout out to oh, cars yeah. love you cars yeah what a great guy eh he's been on the one show the too he's been best. on yeah i had him on the show too we uh we know we did a show about him and uh, obviously his brother who tragically lost his life to an overdose and uh, you know Carson and I have known each other forever we battled against each other since like the earliest days man like <laughs> like we're, he's a year older than me but I know he takes care of you as well um, yeah. for vehicles speaking of which are you uh, you're in Nashville are you planning a trip at all like if the borders if you're allowed to come home like what does that look like for you you know what I haven't got vaccinated yet so I've I've been, uh, I'm in a little bit of trouble. My mom was actually giving me a bunch of crap last night for my brother and I. My little brother is actually living with me here right now. Yeah, he's a pro hockey player too. He plays yeah, in the so, former Kelowna Rocket. I got yeah, my- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so we're we're here in Nashville and mom's all grumpy. I'm like, mom, well, you're vaccinated. You can come see me. She's like shaking her head at us. So we got we to gotta get all that figured out. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, buddy. So, you know, I don't, uh, it is, I mean, it's all probably going to have to happen. But, uh, you know, I've just kind of been doing my thing and kind of just weighing my options to see how it's going to go, right? Like, I don't know. It's uh, just one of those things. But I saw your, uh, you live in Anmore in the off season. Yeah. What a great spot that is, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's that's five minutes where I grew up since I was 10 years old and, uh had a little security with the contract and i was like i'd love to get a home near near my folks and did that and and uh just a tremendous little spot up in the woods there and and uh obviously i hope have you seen the the sport court in the back <laughs> yeah on, you want to give me a hard time about it bring it on <laughs> yeah you, you're still playing for columbus in your backyard yeah. like yeah. Oh, i know i know everyone's like why don't you just change it i'm like I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, I was drafted to the Blue Jackets. Like, I think it's still cool. Like, yeah, if I change it, I, I'm going to get traded again or something. So, at the end of the day, man, you'll always be tied to Columbus. Like, you yeah. you got to walk down the stairs onto the stage, put on the jersey, like yep. whole dream, man. Like that's yeah. every kid's dream, and you lived it through Columbus. So yeah. I, you know, if anything, you could just add add a Nashville logos on the 
side somewhere or beside it. Yeah. Or, but I think it's badass, man. That's, I think it looks. That's what I'm thinking of doing. I think it looks great. Where do you? Uh, what do you do in the? Let's say you are in Anmore. Like, what is your? Where are you training? Where do you skate? I don't want to out your spot, so you have all these people showing up. <laughs> just because I'm curious who you're skating with, and I know you're. You know, there's another local guy on your team, Dante Fabro, who I met when I, I trained Dante for a short period of time. Him and Maddie Barzell, like when oh, they were. Yeah when they were like 11 and 12 and I was like 24 and they were better than me. Like I was like, okay, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But wait, what is, who are you training with in the summer when you're home? Like, do you have a group of guys you skate with or what does yeah, that look like? Yeah. Obviously a good group of Canadian boys up there out West. And uh, I do did all the work in Burnaby. Yeah. Um, this was, I haven't been back in a long time though. And, um, but yeah, we do, we usually do our skating and working out at a Burnaby there we're a winter club or no at um 40th gym it's called where we would do some work and then uh we kind of bounce around uh rinks whatever kind of had ice or availability for for yeah. us guys but good group of us man and it's such a such a beautiful place back there i miss it i'd love to get back soon but nashville's pretty darn good too no kidding. Well, what if, what about, you know, in six, seven, eight years, whenever it may be that you hang them up, where are you going to live? You know what? I, I think Nashville will be the place. I think. Really? I, yeah, I do. I, I bought a home here and, and uh, I bought it planning on retiring here and, and hopefully one day starting family and all that good stuff. But yeah, I definitely want to still have ties back home and whatnot, but. Um, Nashville's yeah. that sick, eh? Yeah. It's just my style. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't like dressing up and wearing fancy stuff. I like putting on a t-shirt and some jeans, going to any restaurant in town, and and that's just Nashville. It's just laid back. Everyone's just having a good time. It's it's a younger city. It's like twenty five to thirty five. Everyone and yeah, and there's just so many fun things to do. We got a great some great golf courses I belong at, and it's just a real good setup. And and obviously some great friends here, and and um. Yeah, I've been loving loving every minute of it. And it's uh, it's <laughs> that, been great. Speaking of golf, um, my dad, my dad's watching too. He's a scout for Saskatoon Blades. He says, "How do we get a, into your golf tournament?" LOL. I don't. What golf tournament? You got a golf tournament? No problem. Yeah, let me know next year. We just we just finished it. It's usually early July. We do it for our local hospital there in Port Moody. They've been wanting to do um, some expansions and things like that and, and grow the hospital. And it, it's been tremendous. Uh, they had done it for like 30-something years. And most they raised was like 90-something grand, which is great. And yeah. then the first year, Luke, my brother, and I went on and did it. They were hoping to raise more money so they could start doing these expansions. And boom, it was like 250 grand for wow years in a row and then this year was tough because it was like a virtual auction thing and whatnot yeah. and just with covid and whatnot and we couldn't even do it last year so but we uh we signed another three-year partnership so that'll be going on for a couple more years and hopefully longer as well but it's it's at an old course where happy gilmore was filmed and and it's a cool where, little spot and a fun time we, where we is it swanee set yes sir you got it is that right, swanee right set is where it? you grew up yeah yeah, well, I was. Well, I also know Swanee set because that was the. I was supposed to get married there before the wedding got called off. But as soon as you <laughs> said, as soon as you said Happy Gilmore, I was like, it's got to be either Swanee set or what a that's a great spot though. Actually, yeah. it's, it's a nice yeah. course. It's a nice course. I spent a lot of time on the the river there on on a boat when I was on right. my dad's boat growing up. It was uh, one of my favorite spots. Actually, still is. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to get out there. And um, first off, thank you for doing that because. 
you know, my grandma actually was um, lived at the hospital there in, in the senior side for man, like 15 years. Oh, wow. So I have, and she's, you know, she passed away a few years ago, but obviously I have very close. I spend so many hours in that hospital and obviously, you know, I've been to it for my, that was a hospital that I went to as a kid, if something was mm -hmm. wrong. So, you know, it's amazing. Thank you uh, for, for that. Uh, my dad says, I'd have to leave the lake, but I'm in next year. <laughs> my dad's up there and my dad's in uh, the Okanagan on Okanagan Lake. Oh, uh, tough, yeah, that's tough, yeah, to tough, leave life. tough life he's got. He's golfing yeah. all the time. But um, tell me a little bit more about Journey Risk True and how that all came about and, and how people can check that out. I'll, I'll throw up the Instagram and that up here on the screen, but tell us a little bit about journey risk true. And, and before you go any further, um, I have to let you know that Bill Reimer, remember Billy Reimer? Yeah. He said, he messaged me today and said, uh, you know, tell Joey, I said, hi. And, um, you know, miss him. And I'm, you know, he's wearing, he was actually wearing the, the JRT shirt, like oh, as me. so he wanted me to give him a give you a, a hello stick boy for my junior for the I know. I there. yeah hilarious um yeah so jrt journey risk true myself and my two best friends were sitting around one day and we we're like we should just start a company we we know nothing about business like absolutely nothing uh but it's my two best buddies are extremely hard workers and especially the one he's he's trying to use loss he played junior hockey with me in portland and hockey didn't work out and he was kind of like me like if hockey doesn't work out he had no idea what he's gonna do and and he's just like looking for something and i'm like well how about this i'll put in a little bit of cash and if we do well great if not no problem no sweat whatever but i know i i literally invested in him though mainly his name's jason trott because he's just got the best work ethic you'd ever seen in your life. And I'm like, there's no way this thing will fail. It might not be the biggest company in the world, but it's it's gonna it's not gonna fail. And and we we just picked three words that kind of have described us and how we go about our, our life and, and you know, we all got our own journeys. We all take our risks and and we all stay true to our friends and, and family and and all that stuff and true to ourselves and and uh you know we just we just kind of wanted to make it a fun thing and and we've with just being in nashville and meeting people it's just grown so much we support a bunch of charities and do a lot of local things back in port moody especially when i was around this last obviously this last couple of years it's been tough to do stuff but you know local charities our local fire department things like that and and uh and now we're doing we've done a ton of stuff in nashville we work with some music guys uh, Chase Rice is one of my best friends where we've done hats and shirts for him. Trotter just, just designed old dominions tour t-shirts and hats and things like that. So we've had so many cool opportunities where we've done stuff and, and it's, it's, it's turned out amazing and it, and it, it's been a lot of fun and, and, um, you know, a lot of the credit goes to Jason and cause obviously I'm pretty busy with hockey and he, his his work ethics starting to pay off, and it, it's just it's just been a lot of fun to see it grow, and and uh, and how we can just make it a fun thing and and comfortable and good quality stuff, and that people can all enjoy, and and uh, so we'll have to send you out a care package one of these days. Yeah, for sure, I'd love that. I was actually I can't remember which 
which one, which of your friends I was talking to who runs a social media page, I think he mentioned to me that they're based out of Port Coquitlam or does do something out of Port Coquitlam or he's from Port Coquitlam or. Yeah. So our office is actually in Poco. It's uh, yeah. Jason's father has his own business out there. And so he had some extra office space. So he let us shack up there and throw a bunch of hats in. And so that's where he's sitting out of there grinding away in, in Port Coquitlam. Yeah. Yeah, nice. That's where uh, obviously I'm from. There, when he said that, I, like you know, ties to ties to Poco, which is pretty cool. And so, you know, hopefully, maybe they can come out when uh, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if you know, but I'm rollerblading across Canada for mental health next spring. I leave May 28th, and that's kind of how I got involved with with True Hockey. And I know that you know, I talk to them all the time, as I'm sure you do as well. Mm -hmm. I was hoping that we were going to be able to get like a stick together, but we can arrange for that at a at another time that that we can, you know, get, get a sign stick from you and we'll give it away some way. Somehow it's just kind of hard with everything going on right now. And they just did their launch and all that. But, you know, what, tell me a little bit about your relationship with true and, and why, why are you in true stuff? Like I'm just new to them. I've been yeah. power my entire life. I have not even been on the ice with the skates, yeah. I love the rollerblades. I have true rollerblades. I yeah. love, them. but tell me a little bit about why and, and what it's been like for you, man. Yeah. Well, quickly first of all uh whatever you need for this and any support any items any anything just let me know and obviously just text me at any time but yeah i i got introduced to true four years ago maybe now and and i uh, just got to meet their head people they were coming around all the nhl teams and they were just showing off their their stuff and and i just got to to meet the their reps and and their owner and and uh, I was like, wow, these guys are just great people. They just love hockey and they just want to get involved and want to make great products. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And I liked it. I liked the equipment. And I, I love the people running, running the, uh, running true hockey. And, and I, I just been rolling with it since that. I just think they're tremendous people. And I think they're going to bring a lot of good stuff and product to the game. And, and uh, I'd love, I'd love to helping them out and, and showing off their brand. Yeah, I think one of their main offices because they do everything is actually down in Tennessee, I believe. Some it's Memphis, in Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously they do they, I didn't realize how much stuff that they actually do from, you know, obviously I think golf is their biggest one, but they yeah. also do baseball and and all of that, but it's pretty uh it's pretty awesome. I absolutely love these new sticks that they just launched, the catalyst. I mean, I mm -hmm. what a difference even from being out of hockey for 10 years. Oh. You know, the sticks are, are ridiculous. I, I just, man, I'm so, I'm so grateful being, you know, from the position that I was in, like, man, you have to remember that, like, I was literally in a jail cell two years ago and, you know, I've made this transition out of that life and there's, and now here I am and, you know, I'm, it's, you know, sponsored by true and, you yeah. know, well, I, I say partnered, we all like the name part the word partnered rather than sponsored, but partnered with true. And it just, you know, for, for them to come on board and, you know, ask to meet with me and, and give me that opportunity to represent their brand after everything that I've done, because they can see, you know, the good that I'm doing now and the path that I'm on now, to me, that was like, I'm still like, wow, yeah. you know, it's, it's incredible. It goes back to them just yeah. being amazing people. And they spoke when they found out that, you know, I was talking to you and stuff, they're like, man, he was like one of our first guys. Like we love yeah. him. You know, like <laughs> been with them for, for quite a while. So yeah, you yeah, should be so awesome. proud of yourself, man. I know so many people are proud of you and obviously true. And like I just touched on and how I think they're just tremendous people running, running the company. 
and I, I'm pumped that they're they jumped on your back and they're going to support you throughout all this and all the future things and and they're just great people and and uh, yeah so you should be extremely proud of yourself and the steps you've taken and and being a role model for for eventually so many people and and it's uh, it's just been a pleasure to get talking to you and having and being on your show and and I'm excited for the future and what that holds for you. I appreciate that, man. It's been, uh, you know, it, it's been, it's been a grind without question. And a lot of times of hopelessness and, you know, I'll tell you though, like, you know, the, I know Carson went out of his way to, to make that video happen. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just, but when I got that video and like saw it, I was like, wow, you know, like here, you know, I know that you didn't have to do that. And it just, mm -hmm. it, I was actually during that time, going through a, a fairly difficult time. I had actually tried to help a former teammate of mine, someone from our area. I'm not going to out him right now, mm -hmm. um, even though people know who I'm talking about, who was really struggling with addiction. And I flew him out here and we got some money and donated and all this stuff. And it totally backfired in my face. And um, it was a tough blow, man. Like, first of all, it was tough because I was like, wow, I was really a lot worse than what I thought because I was in that life and being mm -hmm. that way. And then two, just knowing that, you know, I felt like a failure that I couldn't help him, even though I knew that there wasn't mm -hmm. what I could do other than kind of just guide him and it had to be up to him. But when that video came in from you, man, it kind of renewed my, was like, okay, I'm going to get off my ass again. I'm going to refocus. I'm going to, you know, not let this find mm -hmm. everything that I'm doing just because we couldn't help this one person when we've already helped so many other people. Um, but it just, it, it, that one hurt a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But just know that that video like lifted me up at like the exact right time. I don't even think Carson really knows or understands that the timing of that. So to both of you guys, thank you. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, my dad says, thanks for being a guest. Send me the hat link. There's a bunch <laughs> of comments coming up, coming on to, but if I don't get to my dad's, he texts me. He's like, why weren't you let me in the show? He's been on a, he's been on a few episodes and stuff too. I'll get to a couple of questions and then, uh, you know, I know your time is, is valuable and I uh, probably don't want to sit on a podcast all night, but maybe we'll open it up to a couple of questions. My, my question for you though, is like, have the, have there been times in your career where, you know, it's, it's been maybe hard where maybe you've struggled with some mental health stuff, whether it be confidence or, you know, just whatever, like, has there been a moment in like that? And if, you know, for anybody else that goes through that, whether it be a slump or, you know, bouts with depression, anything, what would your advice be to them? Man, it's, I mean, you know, you've played the game, the highs and lows of, of being a hockey player and then being at this level, it's, it's extremely tough. I've I've had moments where uh, it's you know I'm trying to figure out what's going on and thinking I'm not very mentally stable right now and and the way the mental awareness is growing and and just around me and in, in the NHL it's it's just growing and it's it's so there's so much more aware of it. We have a team psychologist who's at our rink every single day. Wow, every single day. If there, if you ever need anyone to talk to, there's someone there, and you know it's hard to talk to, and and you know me, I'm just a happy, easygoing kid. Like, but hey, like, you know, I'm going through tough times right now, and I'm not all there. Like, you know, it takes a lot of courage to go sit down and tell someone how you're feeling, and like, and then once 
once you do that, you're like, you take a deep breath and you're like, okay, like that was, that was useful. That helped me. And I, I've been around a lot of teammates who have struggled with stuff. I, I'm sure you've heard of Mark Borowicki coming out, one of my teammates this year, and seeing and watching, seeing some of the stuff he went through this year. And, and it's scary and it's tough. And, and uh, you know, it's, and you just want to support your teammates as much as you can. And over the years, I've seen a lot of that. Colin Wilson struggled a lot and he's come out and talked about it a ton. I've, I've had a bunch of teammates and, you know, for, as a teammate, you want to be just be as supportive as possible and, and um, you know, just do everything you can in your abilities to, to help that person and, and, um, and show your support. And, and like you just talked about your scenario, like not every time it, it might, it's, it might not help someone each and every time, but, you know, you, you do everything you can and you, and you, you sacrifice your, your, your time and energy and, and to helping that person, whether it's small or big and, and you, you can, you make differences and, and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something about being an older guy too now and speaking up and, and, um, you know, we've, we're, we're lucky though in hockey, we got so many good people around us and, and, but it's funny how early on in the career, you know, concussions and guys, you know, being in the dumps and going through things and there's no one around. There's, there's nobody around to talk to and help. And now, now it's every single day, our psychologist is having lunch with the team and breakfast and hanging and talking with you. And, you know, I, I probably meet with her once a month just because the highs and lows, they get to me. Like I, I had a tough year this year production wise and I'm, and I'm our first line center. And it's like, well, why aren't you producing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying my best. Like, and you know, you go home and you're like, what's going on? And, you know, you gotta, you gotta talk and you gotta, you gotta, that's why, you know, you gotta surround yourself with good people, good people that make you better. And, and, uh, you know, that's kind of my motto and what I live by is just trying to surround myself with the best people possible that make me better. And, and, um, you know, I feel like if I continue doing that and, you know, I'll, I'll be on the, the healthy track of enjoying what I do every single day. And, and, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. The highs and lows are, are tough. Without question, man. Um, yeah, well, it's really encouraging to hear that, that there's somebody that's readily available to you guys virtually at you know any any given time especially at the rink but i'm sure that you know you guys all have her phone number and and, and can make arrangements whenever necessary i think that that's really um encouraging to hear to say the least i actually met with some of the nhl executives and then also on the another meeting with the nhl pa and you know having met with you know some of them like who are in charge of the mental health programs and stuff it was you know to me they've come a long ways i still think collectively as a as a the world, never mind just hockey. I'm not talking the NHL. I just think like, you know, we're, we're getting there. But what I've found is like, regardless if you're a hockey player or, you know, fireman like my dad was or whatever, like we all go through something and, but, you know, whatever it be, mental health issues or addiction, or we know somebody that's going through something, right? And so we shouldn't have to feel ashamed, you know, and that we can't share what's going on with us. And I, I talked about it quite a bit with Curtis Gabriel, who I'm, you know, from the San Jose Sharks and that I'm not sure if you know him at all. He's a friend of mine, but just talking about like 
how far are we away? How far are we away from? And if it will ever happen in a hockey dressing room where guys are openly sharing, going like, "Hey, you know, I'm not feeling great today." It's like you're going to do battle with this guy, and if he's going, "Hey, like my, you know, just not feeling," like how does that? What does that look like? And sure. you know, you know, maybe it's better left to the professionals. And uh, mm. I'm, I'm happy to hear that that you guys have that. Do you think? Do you think that's pretty common on all teams, Ryan? Yeah, I, I would say I'd be shocked if each each team in the league didn't have that and the accessibility to be speaking with someone uh, whenever they would need it. I'd be shocked. I'm sure each team does. And uh, I just know for me, like, it's, it's helped me a lot. Um, been through some tough times. And like yourself, I, I went through, I was almost married, and, and that, that didn't go through. And, uh, you know, I, I went to – for a period of three months drinking a lot and not taking care of myself. And, and then, you know, you, you, you gotta look in the mirror and be like, okay, this, I'm not being the best Ryan. I'm not being my best self. And, and, uh, I gotta get back to that and talk with some people and okay, just be the best Ryan every day. And then, you know, go about that road. And, and, uh, so there's, there's a lot of things and that's not, had nothing to do with hockey for me. And it was like a major life change and, tough mentally and and um you know it's important it's important to put the ego aside and 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 be brave and and talk to people and and uh and know they're there to help and and that it does help and it works and and um yeah so it's i think like you said i think we're it's trending in the right direction slowly but but um it's definitely going in the right direction anyway well I know you went through, a, you mentioned a, a little bit of a difficult time there, but I know you don't have kids, but you kind of have a couple kids that, <laughs> that are like your kids. Tell me quickly about your dogs. I know one, is one of them named Doug? Yes, but my ex took Doug. Doug's oh, on. I haven't sorry. seen him in a while. I know. Sorry. Sorry. That up. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so I, I have our other one. His name's Dozer. Dozer, okay. Uh, he's a, yeah, English bulldog. He's He's the best man. He's uh he's been so good for me too cuz dogs I mean it's just unconditional love. I come home after a crappy game and he just runs to the door and loves on you and you're like, "All right, everything's all right," you know. And, and uh I I love him to death, man. I, I couldn't see myself going a day in my life without a dog again. <laughs> I love dogs and I I think they're they're great. No kidding. Well, listen, sorry for bringing that up. I had <laughs> I had no idea. I, I listen. I'll tell you a quick story before they go. I had Tara Sloan. You know Tara Sloan from Sportsnet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she was on my show, and at the very beginning of the show, she was like, she said something about like, oh, she's you know by herself with her kid. I forget how she worded it right now. And I was like, oh, where's your husband? Is he on holidays? She goes, yeah, he's living in his own apartment right now. And I'm like. <laughs> Oh man, and it's live, right? And like I just like, watch it, and I'm like, my eyes just like light up. I'm like, oh man, I'm in trouble right now. She laughed it off, she was great, but oh, it was yeah, this, so. Good. This isn't the first time that I've thrown, you know, thrown something out there. I got to be more careful, do better research. But um, it's all listen, good. I, I have full, you know, if you take the advice of Brett Hall, man, um, you know, you, I, I have very high hopes for, for the upcoming season for you. And, mm. and I don't know if anyone's told you this, but you have a great shot. And if I were you, I'd be shooting everything, bro. Like, I do has, need to shoot more. 
Yeah, man. Like I, I'm listen. I'm not the guy that watches TV going, "Why isn't Johansson shooting or whatever?" But I was, you know, I was watching a lot of your highlights over the last couple of days. I'm like, man, this guy can really shoot the puck. Like, what yeah. the hell is going on? Um, you know, I obviously I think you've developed into a two way center as well. So it's not just about scoring the goals. But yeah, yeah man, it, go have fun. Be like Red Hall. She just loves to shoot pucks. Yeah. Just, just rip it, man. Just rip it. What's your uh, What's it, what would your goal be for this season? My last question for you, and then I'll let you go. What's your goal for this season individually? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's different. When I was younger, I was like, I want to get 75 points. I want to get, you know, this amount of goals and stuff. And just as I got older, and and I could be wrong, too. And maybe I need to switch my mindset a little bit more. You know, I, I just love the challenge of being a great leader and, and doing things the right way and, and having all those those great habits that make my teammates better and especially the younger guys. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just believe if I, you know, set myself up for success and, and work extremely hard and gain that confidence where I know I'm ready to go out there and be successful. And then, you know, I kind of hope the goals and points and all that just come with it. And, but, you know, at the same time, you, you do need to focus and, and have, you know, some goals in the back of your head where you're like, well, you know, I got to focus on scoring goals because, A, that's going to help the team win and, B, help my teammates get better and more successful. So it's it's it's, it's a balance of, you know, you got to have that selfishness to go out there and, and be a difference maker, but you also, you know, want to just, you know, be an ultimate teammate kind of thing and where, where everyone looks up to you. And so, you know, for me, it's it's trying to find that balance and, and then being able to go out there and execute it and, so, you know, I, I know I'm, I know I believe I'm a number one center. I know I can go out there and be a very effective number one guy. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of my goal is out, out playing each, each and every night, try to outplay their top guys. And, and it's, it's easier said than done. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how I go about my business and, and my approach to the game. Well, I think you're going to have an, I honestly think you're going to have a great season. I'm not just saying that. And it's, it's interesting when you, you know, you've grown so much as a person, as a hockey player, thinking just your mentality shift to being, you know, that great leader, that great teammate where, you know, you were at 1920, mm-hmm. your mindset is shifted, but I think you can have such an impact on some of these young men's lives, you, mm-hmm. you know, at the rink and away from the rink. I do. I know I keep telling you last question. I have one question because I, w- I do want to ask this to you. Is there one player that you've been able to play against that you were just like, wow, like couldn't believe you were on the ice against them? Is there one player that just blows you away? Like what was that experience? Like maybe going back to your rookie year or whatever. Yeah. Did you have a guy that you looked up to that you got to play with or against? So my first preseason game in the NHL, I'm this young I was I, 18 year old puppy and first preseason game we're going into Pittsburgh and I'm like I'm looking at our lineup and I'm like it's all these young kids and then here comes Sidney Crosby and Malkin onto the ice for my first game in an NHL sweater and I'm like oh my god and I I swear like I would love to go back and watch this game I've it literally felt like I was skating around chasing them the whole game they were just doing whatever they wanted and I was like, holy, I'm not ready. Like, I am not ready to play in the NHL. And they ended up sending me back that year for junior. But I was like, wow, I, I still got a long ways to go here. And um, My role model growing up was Joe Thornton, though. I, okay. 
tried to model my game after him when I was young, and I just love the way he plays the game and how he makes everyone on the ice around around him better. And and so playing against him, playing against him in a playoff series, like toe to toe, first line centers, that was that was really cool. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're 12 years old, and you're watching him on TV, and he's your he's your hero as a hockey player, and and now he's asking you to fight. He's like, "Let's go, kid!" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like what?" <laughs> Uh, but that's hilarious. Uh, you've had you've had a couple of uh you've had quite a few tilts too, eh? Like did you fight in I junior? Don't know. I don't know how to fight. I'm I'm a terrible fighter. You do it though. Did you fight in junior? I fought once my second game uh in Portland and I got smoked by this little dude, just ragdoll, and I'm like, all right, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh my god, that was embarrassing. But. <laughs> that's okay when you end up burying you know 25 that year and then 40 the next i think yeah. people, people forget about that real real quick man well yeah. listen man we've been going like over an hour and i appreciate your time maybe you know one day in the future maybe next summer or something we can sit down and do this in person and do it again and uh i i appreciate it man like more than you know and then the video and carson was is watching too says great interview fellas leo you've come a long way and you're making a massive impact in many people's lives Joey, you're a great guy and better friend. Love you both, fellas. Awesome. I really appreciate you having me on, man. It was an honor being on here with you. And, and like I said, we'd love to have you out of the tournament next year, hopefully with if everything's all smooth or traveling around. And I'll definitely send you a JRT care package, get you some gear. And, and, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm all over that. I'm absolutely all over that. Um, <laughs> Last last comment coming from Lindsay Schmidt, who I'm going to get into. She actually sent me this this bracelet. Her brother played for the Barry Colts and tragically passed away of an overdose about four months ago. And I've been able to connect with the family. Um, and this is his sister saying, "Ryan, I can see why you wear the A on your jersey. What a great role model you are! A true leader, both on and off the ice." And Lindsay's mom, Michelle, also watching, says, "Ryan, you sound so laid back, grounded, and true to yourself. Keep on being you and loving life." Oh, I appreciate that, ladies. Thank you very much. It means a lot. Thank you. Okay, Ryan. Listen, man. Thanks. Best of luck. I'll uh, I'll keep in touch with you. And you know, if, I know you got a, such a great supporting cast around you. But if you ever just you know need someone to talk to or whatever, I'm always here. I know Carson's always there, but I'm always rooting for you. Even before I ever even talk to you, man. Just being from Tri City area, always been a huge Ryan Johansson fan, and even more so now. So thank you, man. I appreciate your time and. Wish your brother all the best as well. Um, I know he's in the American League and yep. former Kelowna Rocket. Keep telling him to keep working hard. Yep. Good things are going to happen for him as well. You guys got quite the family, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me on. Dozer wants to say thanks too. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Thank what a beauty. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right, I'll get you down to Nashville soon, brother. Good all right, thanks. Down here. Thanks, Joey. You're the man. All right, dude. Care See you later. Thank you. All right, guys. That's Ryan Johansson from the Nashville Predators. Thank you, Joey. Thanks again to Carson Grant for really making this happen. I love you, man. If you're out anywhere in BC, anywhere, make the trip to Vancouver Island. It's absolutely beautiful. Go get yourself a car from Comox Valley Dodge. That's where Ryan Johansson gets his cars when he's back home. And yeah. Carson's just an unbelievable guy. He runs the show over there. Known him my whole life. Carson, absolutely love you, brother. Um, I want to show you guys all something very cool. I mentioned the bracelet from 
from Lindsay Schmidt there. I don't even like taking it off, even though you're supposed to take it off every night and then put it back on so you get the message. Um, they are called, I think it's 208. But anyways, it says, my story isn't finished. It's got some pretty cool messages on it. So thank you to Lindsay. If you can see behind me too on the Bob Probert picture, there's a 21 Daniel Miner sticker, which I got from Daniel's wife, Haley. Never, ever forgotten. Thank you for the stickers. There's one up there. It'll stay up there as part of the set. And I also got a letter from my buddy Harper, Lindsay's son, who I have a rollerblade date with down there in Lowbanks, Dunville. He drew a picture. There's his uncle, Dan Miner. He's got puck support 2021 and he's got me and him on the rollerblades. It's gotten a little wrinkled, but I'm going to get this in a frame. And I got a nice card from Lindsay and I just absolutely appreciate you guys, Tom and Michelle. I love you guys. You guys came up here and you know, we spent some time and I look forward to spending more time with you guys. I got to come down there and check out the thirsty mate restaurant. I want to get on the boat with Tom commercial fisherman he's sending me pictures all the time now too. keep those coming tom michelle keep those pictures coming i absolutely love it when i wake up and i have a message from you with a with an inspiration for the day so thank you you guys i absolutely love you guys thinking of daniel always harper i absolutely love this buddy thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you it's little things like this that really mean the most you know when you're i don't know when you can have an impact on a on a kid's life and i just know what it's like to be the little kid on the other side of it and you know this is something that i'll cherish forever anyways we're gonna do one sponsor i'll come back and wrap this up pocket of hell and back is brought to you by pride tape Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to Aubrey at pridetape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, -E, Aubrey at pridetape.com. You can find Pride Tape on facebook.com slash pridetape, on Twitter at pridetape, and at pridetape on Instagram. Pride Tape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Thank you to everybody at Pride Tape. They're unbelievable. I love them. I love what they stand for. Curtis Gabriel, who you saw in those pictures, is joining the show Sunday night. Can't wait for that. He's coming back again. Him and I have become good buds uh, since he was last on my show. We talk all the time. He's doing so much uh, for the game of hockey and beyond surrounding the issues of equality 
um, linked up with the You Can Play project and Pride Tape and just doing so much um, inside and outside of hockey, taking part in a lot of Pride rallies and standing up for social justice issues. I absolutely love what he stands for. Um, and, and just a great friend, just checking in on me, you know, like, hey, man, how are you doing? Are you taking time for yourself? It's, you know, it's it's been a just awesome friendship that we've developed. And I do the same for him. So looking forward to him coming back again Sunday night. Next Wednesday, one week from today, Scott Oak from CBC joining the show. One of the leaders in Canadian broadcasting. His son, Bruce, tragically lost his life to an overdose back in 2011. He was a basketball player. Scott and I chatted on the phone for about an hour two weeks ago. He's going to be joining the show next Wednesday. He is founder, him and his wife, the Bruce Oak Recovery Center, making a difference in the lives of people with addiction. They have big plans of opening several centers, including one for women, so I'm very much looking forward to talking to Scott about his work in the recovery industry. And uh, obviously he's had such a successful broadcasting career doing the Olympics and hockey and like everything. He's like a Canadian icon. So very humbling experience to get him on the show. We got some big guests lined up too. Uh, Tim McAuliffe, who was a huge ins- inspiration to me while I was behind bars to start this podcast right here. Him and Sid Sixera. I got Tim McAuliffe coming on in the near future, which I'm really excited about because that's what got me excited when I was in jail. Monday to Friday, that is when I was in jail in BC. We had TVs in our cell. That is what I look forward to every single day. Tim and Sid. I don't know why. I was drawn to it. I would have never really cared to watch something like that prior to that, probably because, you know, I was just at a point where I couldn't even watch hockey and even in there, I couldn't watch hockey, but I could watch Tim and Sid and Hockey Central at noon. Check the boxes on those ones. Doug McLean's been on the show a couple times. Kipper's been on the show. Doug McLean has become a good friend of mine too. So now Tim McAuliffe, those two shows were what kept me going. And I'm so grateful just for everything, for everything. You guys are incredible. The listeners, the viewers supporting me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough. Um, that's pretty much it. I want to give another special shout out to the people at true hockey. Thank you so much. Shout out to the, my guys, Joe and Colin at B sharp Ottawa. I got to meet them in the flesh, uh, up there in Ottawa yesterday, uh, was they've been instrumental in, in making all of this happen. They were huge with getting me connected with true and getting my sponsorship from Sonic and for my wheels from conics. Without you guys, this wouldn't be happening. I don't ever, ever forget it. Thank you so much, Joe from B-Sharp Ottawa and his compadre, Colin Strong. Absolutely love you guys. Also, big news, Morrisburg, Ontario. Huge epicenter of Ontario. Not, it's a very small town, but my best friend Matt Thompson lives there. He's the owner of the One Stop Skate Shop. And the One Stop Skate Shop is now the very first store to carry puck support items that's right if you're in and around morrisburg and you want to go to the store check it out there's hats there's t-shirts there's more stuff coming up there 
Thank you to Matt. Thank you to Jaden at the One Stop Skate Shop. You guys doing a great job. It was awesome to see you guys and skate with you guys the other day. <clears throat> miss you guys. I miss my family back home, especially Brooklyn and Brody. I'm thinking about you guys a lot lately, as always. I'll never give up on you guys. I'll never give up trying to be the best version of myself for you guys that I can be. This is why I'm doing everything. It's not for me. It's for my kids. All of them. That is what keeps me really going and why I'm able to stay focused because I know the second that I don't stay focused where I go and I don't ever want to be a disappointment to my family, my friends, and most importantly, my kids ever again. I can't take back what I've done, but I can certainly change the course of my future. And if you're struggling, you can do the same thing. Do not give up on yourself. Don't give up on your loved ones. Keep fighting for your mental health. And if you're struggling with an addiction, if I can do it, I promise you, you can do it. I am not special. I am not special. This is possible. Recovery is possible. Thanks again to Carson Grant. Thank you to Ryan Johansson from the Nashville Predators and to all of you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, press subscribe, press that like button. If you're watching on Facebook, can you do me a favor and go to YouTube and subscribe to the channel? We only have like just under 400 followers or subscribers. It's not going that well, but thank you for watching wherever you did. Subscribe, rate, and review. Stay kind, be grateful, and remember, have a great day, if you so choose. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at mindframe on Twitter plus mindframefit on Instagram. I want the real stuff, everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once, I'm gonna show you all the path If you want it bad, I'm gonna show you every side Yeah, how you can get it back, yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one, working hella hard until I get just what I want Yeah, rise just like the sun, yeah, fatal like a gun Shooter's gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until I fall I'm always do it alone, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's, I just wanna keep moving Yeah, I put out all this art, it's my only medicine Yeah, everything I do, I'm just being genuine yeah, I'm sick of being screwed, feel my own adrenaline Yeah, I do just what I do, and I hope you let me in, let me in, yeah Oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me, I have only a path, I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to win.